want you to lead the discussion regarding to mother, mother being dead. Mum. Oh, you mean my sweet, sweet mum. Sweet mother. Sweet. I'm going to be too emotional. Sweet. Yeah, me too. Me, I will be pissing and shitting and crying myself to death. Uh, yeah, over, right on. Over the death of this <laughs> inbred it's... German whore. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot pedophile appreciator. I mean, yeah. I, listen, it's got to be a little snappy, right? This yeah. got to... I just coming out of there with the misogyny, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that you could get genuinely angry at the royal family for, and it's funny that if you just hate her because she's a woman, <laughs> it's, it's power <laughs> specifically designed to piss off the weird like girl boss liberals. Just like, <laughs> actually, I think it's bad that a woman was allowed to sit upon the throne. This is what <laughs> happens when you break the glass ceiling. Like, you die <laughs> of old this. age and you deserve it that's right you die comfortably in your bed There's, finally a man's in there that's uh, right yeah and famously everything is fine now thank god famously everything's going great um <laughs> and uh, obviously the big twist of the episode will be that we're big fans of prince charles i mean king charles <laughs> Because he's a man, and uh, as Bernie Bros, that's all that matters to us. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's get let's get this train wreck started. Um, <laughs> all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Vigatwato. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Hello. And Kay. Yo. And today we have the sad task to deliver this news to you. Six months after it happens. <laughs> the only way we know how to do it with the proper gravity and solemnity. But, um, uh, uh, me mum died. What? That's mom, right. The queen mum died. <laughs> Liz, Liz is gone? I know we had uh, that, um, cool. we had it in one of our premium episodes, we had a. <laughs> send off to I don't even remember who it was. Who the fuck died last Prince time? Andrew? Oh yes, Prince Andrew. Oh my god, that fucking fallout ghoul-looking motherfucker. <laughs> it's okay. As the only person here currently residing in that demonic realm, I gotta get what is your boots on the ground impression of this event. I just want to clarify. I don't think Prince Andrew is dead. <laughs> what? Uh, who di who died? Somebody died. I'm not sure, but Prince Andrew, I think, is the uh, pedophile one who's very much still alive. Who the oh queen no, it was the queen's husband. Like, uh... The queen's husband died. What was his name? What was his name? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> was, was it Philip? I don't. Oh, listen, Philip. all these oh, crackers Philip. look the same to me. It was Philip. Okay. Yeah, you can tell how much we care about this because we can't even remember which one of these inbred pedophiles died. <laughs> you know, the only thing I have investment in here is not seeming wrong. So I'm going to ask uh, for a source uh, <laughs> that this man I'm looking at is alive because uh, <laughs> photographic proof of life isn't enough in this one. Uh, oh, my God. Listen, the, the reason we've gathered here today is not to debate the alive status of Andrew and or <laughs> Philip, whichever one's not the most famous for being a pedophile. You know, it's a secondary pedophile. Um, we're here to mourn the loss of Big Liz. That's right, Liz Truss. Just kidding, don't know who that is. Uh, Queen Elizabeth is fucking dead. Mm -hmm. uh, Buckingham Palace know. sources uh, have informed me that she died <laughs> on the toilet taking, mm -hmm. and I quote, a legendary shit. Liz was famous for her monster rippers, <laughs> her toilet smashing turds. Like, they had to make a toilet out of pure gold for her, and that's not out of decadence. It was literally the only material that wouldn't instantly tarnish when it came into contact with her absolutely vile feces. She's really only attuned to several metals at this point, also. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it was totally functional yeah. to, to, uh, to destroy three gold toilets a year. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and she died how she lived. Now, Kay, you have quite a few things in this this document you've prepared for us, and I would really like to you to go through them and to really give us like your impression. You've you've described this as the surf mentality grind set. Right. Yes. So, um, as our unfortunately British correspondent, mm-hmm. um, I have to, you know, I'm 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 here on the ground floor. I'm kind of peeping what people are saying and thinking. Uh, except I live in Liverpool, so everyone was actually laughing about it. Um, I mm. had a great. Uh, I was in a, a meeting uh, when the news dropped, and afterwards we went to the pub. And along the way, uh, we were saying to people, "Lizzie's dead," almost trying to get a rise out of them. We could not find someone who gave a <laughs> shit. Everyone was just like, "Lol." Uh, they either didn't seem to even like know who she was, or most of them were just like, "That's very funny." Um, I really so love understand- that your first instinct was to roam the streets and cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we, I cannot describe how like energized we were. We were just like we we just went out for drinks and just had a great night. Um, the energy in the whole city was electric. Um, and I think it's important to understand that the media narrative that's been constructed where the whole country was united in mourning is kind of a lie. There's a mm. lot of freaks out there, but there's also a lot of people who are just like, yeah, fuck the monarchy. What? Are you kidding me? Fuck off. And a big part of the, that construction uh, was the Q. Now the Q, the Q was quite a, a prominent cultural thing that happened where people lined up for hours and hours to get to see the queen's coffin basically it was a publicly displayed Mm -hmm. and people had to go in single file everyone got to do like a little bow or whatever and then you know fuck off so you probably got to look at it for like 10 seconds and some people Mm -hmm. line you know they were there for like camping out yeah um and it was this really bleak thing where lots of uh, celebrities and politicians kind of used it as an opportunity to sort of like get some good PR because uh, there was round the clock coverage of the queue. And so whenever somebody who was known would come, they'd be like, oh, there's Theresa May at the queue having human emotions. That is such like a fucking British thing to have like as a cultural event is like. In celebration of our Queen Mum, we have queued for hours and hours and hours. Just what the fuck? What a freak people. It's, these people are sick. These people are sick and they need rehabilitation via labor. It's what I've always said about the entire United Kingdom. It's this gross display that's also meant to cement this idea um, that we all agree that the Queen was great and we all care a lot. You know, it's, it's just... Mm-hmm. You couldn't put on the news for a while without seeing Q updates. Oh my god. Uh, so it, it's this huge consent manufacturing thing because support for the monarchy has never been lower. Um, mm-hmm. Except for maybe a couple of key points in history, but we don't have to get into that right now. <laughs> but, um... a fact check, the War of the Roses happened. And... God, I'm always getting pulled up about the fucking War of the Roses. No, um, I'll, I'll just go through these points because I, I was just sort of throwing things down here. I don't want to take right. too much time on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I wrote down here that clinging to the monarchy is partly based on a fear of becoming just another America junior, which Britain very much is doing. Uh, like, you know, mm. every capitalist country does. Is it develops enough because, you know, America's the global hegemon. And this is one of the few things that that makes them feel like a distinct a totally distinct society from mm. America is what well, we've got this queen. We got big Liz. She's on our money. There's all this pageantry and, and like tradition around it. It's a huge thing. And without that, what is Britain except shittier America? I think that's how a lot of mm. people feel. So people were watching the 24 hour queue uh, coverage and just crying and just feeling the most British feelings that are permitted uh, in such a soul. Is oh, yes. That's fucked oh, yeah. up. There was a really disappointing reverence, um, even from corners of the political sphere, because spheres have corners, uh, that should not <laughs> have done so. Um, a big thing, and, and you guys probably saw me fucking getting pissed off about this at the time, is 
uh, we are still in the middle of a huge series of, of strikes in all sorts of industries because this fucking country is, is collapsing in on itself. And mm. this was very much happening when the queen died. And all the major unions called off strikes uh, that were oh, too yeah, close to I the read about that. Oh, fuck. Because, like, they would have been just absolutely destroyed by the tabloid media for yeah. disrespecting the queen. Yeah, and a part of me is sympathetic to that, but you're not going to get positive coverage right. no matter what you do. Like, the media is not handing it to you, you know, mm. for calling off the strike or anything. What you should be more concerned about is, like, regular people. And there's this assumption, which, again, things like the Q are meant to reproduce, that every normal person loves the monarchy, which is not true. Uh, we were in a pub uh, discussing these strike cancellations, and a lot of normal people who just worked there, we talked to them about it, and they were like, that's fucking stupid. What's the point of them if they call shit off the second that, you know, something that the powerful decide is important happens? Yeah. Uh, makes perfect sense. There was not a very positive uh, view of, of calling off these strikes. Um, and a, a particularly funny version of that that I highlighted here was Republic, which is an anti-monarchy group in the UK, um, <laughs> made a stupid fucking social media post paying their respects to the Queen. And it's like, you've got one job. You got one. Single job. And it shows how... In any anything that's trying to be like a legit or mainstream uh, organization, um, it, it shows how pervasive this respectability politic is. You know, my favorite was when Domino's UK uh, went black in mourning and put up the ebony uh, Domino of mourning. Oh yes! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so we, we've got to talk so about the corporate fucking uh, uh, commem commembrances. No, that's. Yeah, don't, I, I don't know the word, you know, the corporate statements of, of putting the McDonald's flag at half staff for Queen Liz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the Funko Pop, the Queen Liz Funko Pop that they deleted because I think too many people are making fun of it. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the fact that you could like literally not go anywhere in the UK without seeing just plastered up everywhere. It's like the queen in memory of the queen. And the fact that like it somehow bled over into the United States, the people were like posting like billboards and shit that they had seen. I was like, what the fuck? That's so weird. That kind of annoyed me the most. It's just like, yeah, I get it. Like there's no escaping this kind of insanity in Britain, but how is it escaping? It's, uk containment sphere well that's remember the uh big royal wedding that was probably mm -hmm. quite a few years ago now that really cut through to canada and the u.s and i think a lot of a lot of places that it shouldn't have uh and i think i think that does show the sort of cultural power that the uk can still flex when it really wants to when its institutions have decided that it needs to and I think that's always really centered around the monarchy because it's got this tourism element to it. So there's lots of freaks in other countries who care about it. Yeah, they absolutely do. They, in, in the same way, uh, they're basically Disney adults reacting to this yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, like, I, I know I have a family member who, like, loves Princess Diana and knows absolutely nothing about her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's creepy, right? And, and again, it's because it's about this proximity to this sort of magical world that isn't it's not capitalism i guess it's this look at a different thing but without a lot of the worst parts like you know feudalism um, without the uh back-breaking labor in the sun yeah you don't actually have to answer to your feudal lord only your landlord totally different um and aside from Lizzie doesn't get to practice prima nocta on <laughs> young grooms. <laughs> I was about to say, aside, hey, from the specific... <laughs> aside from the specific victims of Prince Andrew, uh, yeah. that, that sort of thing, you know, probably doesn't happen too often. So like, you know, the worst bits of it are curtailed, but you mm -hmm. still get to like, oh, look, they're on the golden throne. They're, they've got all these outfits and this big ceremony. And it, it feels like. I don't know, something important and interesting is happening, even though it is just a bunch of old pedophiles. Yes. One, one last thing to sort of touch on. I've gone off list a bit here, but um, 
something I really found fascinating was how, you know, monarchy has a, a grandiosity to it that is really not reflected in like consumer capitalism. Mm -hmm. There's so many places that uh, like public notices get put and none of them feel appropriate for memorializing a monarch like bus stops is a, was a big one um, at McDonald's on the fucking takeout uh, things. There was like a little queen thing. I fucking went to one. I saw it myself. Mm -hmm. Weird pubs, uh, billboards on the sides of roads, like all these places that just feel so inappropriate for something that's meant to have all this status about it. But where else would you put these things? It's, it's just, it's strange. All right. Well, I think we need to wrap up. We've spent quite a bit of time discussing uh, Queen Mother's death, and we have so much left to get through. Yeah, that's enough of sweet, sweet Lizzie. Poor, poor sweet Lizzie. This is taken from us too young at 137 years old or something. <laughs> Later, bitch. Bye. All right, so next in the chopping block is the new Call of Duty game has a mission that is uh, like a one-to-one -one recreation of the assassination of Soleimani. This one is good. There's a lot going on, and yeah. I haven't even seen, I don't even think the full insanity of this, this game has really been unleashed yet. Like, I know people have been playing it, but I feel like at some point there's, there's going to be even more insane shit. It's really interesting to see Call of Duty kind of transition from the really, really, like, truly evil uh, depiction of, like, 80s CIA uh, agents in South America. And just, like, just including, like, insane Trump stuff now mm. uh, there, too. Uh, it, it's just like we're, we're all caught up, you know? We're all caught up to the, uh, to the to, in, in Call of Duty now. And I think it is deeply upsetting. But also, it is so funny imagining you're just like all right let's go let's shoot some dudes and you just like start nuclear tensions with iran i don't know it's <laughs> so disquieting to me it feels too current right like yeah. um the call of duty cold war was fucking insane i won't get into it I we have got an agab episode about it um but it was it was crazy and, and politically repulsive mm -hmm. but it was you know talking about something from you know 50 60 years ago this was a couple years ago. <laughs> you know, this is really recent. To be fair, I do think the fact that they had like that George Bush era war criminal working as a consultant on, on the, the uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops, and they also had a, a mission where you went to go assassinate a guy and like you basically assassinated the president of Venezuela. That's a great point, Alton, that, that there are you know, just Bush, CIA, deep state people uh, staffing Activision Blizzard now. Mm -hmm. um, so they love it. They're just like, they, the boss drops by. He's like, can you toss in a little Easter egg for me? Uh, <laughs> I want to start war with Iran in the game. Uh, yeah, and that was our episode, um, No Shit Video Games Are Political, with uh, at Big Mantis. Huge Mantis, sorry, at Huge Mantis. Huge Mantis. Mm -hmm. And I recommend people go... Listen to that if you want to hear some of the most insane Call of Duty related things. I want to make a point about this um, from what I've seen of like the footage of this this mission and then just like the trailers for this fucking game. It's just like every fucking character just has. I feel like they're going a little bit mask off in this last Call of Duty game. Like that's what it feels like to me. Like the trailer is just. It's just like, we're gonna do war crimes. I'm soap. You love me because I did a I did an assassination once. And <laughs> and like every character is just like shown with like half their face is like a skull or like wearing a skull mask. It's just like a little bit openly fascistic, maybe. Well, it makes sense, right? Because uh recruitment rates have been plummeting for a while, mm -hmm. is my understanding. And there's two main things these games do as, as a cultural artifact. One is to create sort of a cultural consensus that U.S. war crimes are fine. And the second... Or the Russians did them. Or the Russians did them. And the second is to get these goddamn teenage boys to enlist to die for the state. you got to get them in there. Mm -hmm. And norm, under normal conditions, they don't want to go die for nothing. Or Sorry, for an oil company. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so you've got to be like, look how cool you'll be. Look at the cool vehicles you'll get to use, the cool guns. You get to wear and a skull mask. You get to wear a skull mask. For some reason, that's become a huge part of our branding. The, the, the skull thing has like really just a completely subsumed the advertisements for this game. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just like, we've got fucking skulls, mate. Isn't it, yeah. <laughs> isn't it fucking <laughs> wicked, mate? Scary, scary skull. It's weird I'm how like, the U.S. military sounds like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, really excited to learn if one of the protagonists of the new Call of Duty calls one of their enemies woke or makes a cancel culture joke about them. If oh they do, God. I will buy it full price and give it 10 <laughs> out of 10. Um, there's a, a screenshot. Cannot stress enough. I haven't played this yet. Um, yeah. but there's a screenshot of a scene where you, it seems to be breaching somebody's house and they're there with a bat and you're aiming your gun at them. And it just says, hold L2 to deescalate civilian. <laughs> As an Xbox, a child of the Xbox, I'm not familiar. Which one is L2? Is this a PlayStation thing? Oh, yeah, Alton, L2 buddy, L2 you're not going to be able to de-escalate the civilians when it comes up. Yeah. I know. Is it like, <laughs> is that the right trigger? The left trigger? What? I, I fucking hate the PlayStation naming convention for the like shoulder and trigger buttons. It's just like L1 and L2. Just like, uh, all right. All right, buddy. Well, that, I don't know. Do you think the, L2 is on the left or the right? If you had to take a guess. I'm going to guess that this it's on the right. Um, <laughs> because it says L2. Um, so that means a uh, right too. You're right. <laughs> that, that's completely correct, actually. <laughs> well, what it is, is it's left two, and the sequel to left is right. Right, uh, but like, what is left two? Is it left two, the top one, or the bottom one? It's the trigger. And, okay. and it's, you know, it's the trigger because it's the, the, the shape is the bigger one. If it was L1, it would be the smaller, it would be the, the smaller rectangle. I see. Okay, we're so, gonna get messages about this. I can feel no, it. No, I I think <laughs> the I think that the the naming convention on the PlayStation controller is stupid. I don't I we're don't care. We're coming out against it. Sony. I, I, I condemn the, the Sony PlayStation with my soul, my my heart, and both of my shoes. You know, it's an both official jihad from us. Anyway, what is like left trigger in in Call of Duty? I thought that was aim down sights. It is, and that, that's what they're doing. So you're aiming your gun at them to de-escalate. Oh, I see. Is the idea. That's... You've, you've busted into their home, and you're, it's gun time. So when they say de-escalation, they say, hold L2 to aim your gun at them. Yeah, threaten their life. I love the, <laughs> the almost fuck? like uh, PR speak. It's like police report speak, right? Like, yeah. oh, we de-escalated the, the civilian, you know? Mm-hmm. At this point, uh, they are openly that joke in Arrested Development where every time the cops show up, uh, they beat somebody who's already down and defenseless. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I can't wait for children uh, to get molded by it. I can't wait for eight-year-olds to play this game. It's going to be great. The one thing I'd like to say about the Call of Duty stuff before we move on is that I just think it's kind of weird how upset everybody got at no russian way back in the day which i thought you know I, I don't think is that mind-blowing but at the very least had like kind of like some narrative significance was a little bit kind of fresh and but now mm. it's like in every call of duty game you're doing something that is 700 times more evil than what was like happening conceptually in no russian because it is rooted in all of this like real anguish and and it is wild to me that now this is just one of the marquee entertainments it's been really wild seeing the call of duty series transform from just like this is a fun series of video games to just being like welcome to the latest military propaganda simulator uh yeah they've definitely gotten worse you know they've always mm. been you know military friendly you yeah. know um but no they, they've certainly become incredibly insane my understanding is that you play uh at least in one segment as a border patrol uh, agent in oh the my new game God. great that uh, uh awesome great. speaking of unmentionable human suffering twitchcon <laughs> <laughs> now that's a pivot let's go 
Oh my fucking god. The we have to cover this um because the the fucking video of that person jumping into a pit and breaking their spine in two places is the most fucked up thing I think I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. It's it's hard to watch. It's extremely hard to watch and this is apparently like this wretched pit has a insane track record of injuries like people have dislocated their knees in this fucking thing pure concrete flooring with like a bunch of shitty little foam cubes spread over it it is mind-bendingly stupid that this is this was approved by anyone like nobody did like a safety and consideration thing uh, on this it, it's it's nightmarish you know uh, it, it really f is wild that the most terrifying county fair you've ever been to uh was probably safer than twitchcon <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i want to highlight something two things from uh nathan grayson's tweet about it uh so he said he went to the booth and asked the staff there what you know, the fuck was going on? And uh, they were key in stressing that the booth is not Twitch's, it's Intel and Lenovo, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make sure that legal uh, obligation is not touching them. But what's really interesting is the accusation that people were breaking rules. Mm -hmm. Now, the purpose of this pit, and anyone who's seen the videos will have noticed the two little platforms in the middle, is they were doing one of those, uh, like they were fighting with these big padded batons, and the purpose was to knock the other person into the pit. That is the intended purpose of the pit. It's not like there was a pit and people foolishly jumped into it. It was for knocking humans into it. Yeah, like this person knocked the other person off and then jumped into the pit as, as sort of like a, you know, like a flourish um yeah and just landed on their tailbone and just broke their spine into places like the holy fuck this is like an incredibly nasty injury that was going to take months if not years to recover if they ever fully recover you know this is like a permanent debilitating injury back uh injuries are fucked up the the worst kind of injuries basically oh, yeah no, they'll never 100%. be the same. Like, you know, they'll probably be able to walk and everything and be fine, but that's, they're going to have an off back now, probably forever. Like, you don't, mm -hmm. you're never at 100% after a double fucking fracture like that. No. And there's nothing more disgusting, uh, like, in the wake of that, seeing somebody, like, trying to do the calculus between seeming human to a camera and pushing their liability uh, you know, defense 100% at the same time. That's one of those situations where it's like, even if it's your job as a PR person to do that, you know, you, you have to feed your whole family of uh, whoever um, still, you know, you, you deserve the same fates as the people running this pit. Like, it's, it's, it's so ugly. It's yeah. Deeply upsetting. Um, and just for me, this would be enough to just burn the whole convention center to the ground. Just enough. Enough's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if we have anything else to say on that one. It, the thing is, is that it, it, it's, it's a striking image, you know, the TwitchCon's uh, pit of death, but it's too much of a bummer to, mm -hmm. you know, go full riff, full into the bits. Yeah, there's no riffing uh, on it. this. It's, it's just straight up fucked up. Um, but we need to let people know about it so that they can <clears throat> uh, message respectfully <laughs> twitch and let them know that uh this That's is right. not acceptable if you ever go to any event put on by a fucking tech company assume everything is done wrong and yeah exactly like fucking tech here's the problem with tech people they've never even fucking heard of osha they don't even, they don't know what no. safety standards are because they sit in a cubicle all day and just type away on a keyboard like, these, these are not people to trust with your body. Yeah, outside of a narrow expertise, a lot of these people are fucking idiots. Exactly. Let's be honest. That's the most Don't infuriating thing about, like, computer and STEM people, is that they are the biggest fucking dollards in, like, 99% of all facts 
and fields outside of their incredibly narrow specialization. And because they are really good at that one thing, it makes them think that they're really smart. I like to call this the Elon Musk symptom. And even then, <laughs> Elon Musk is like a person who thinks he's an amazing engineer because he employs engineers. It, that one in particular is even more fucked up because he is clearly a fucking idiot rube. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he thinks he's smart because he employs smart people. To me, the archetypal, archetypical STEM person is CDP Gray, who I don't even like hate uh, his content, but sometimes I feel this is clearly somebody who thought that they were better than their humanities class. Um, one time, CDP, CDP Gray made a video with like a real quiet desperation to it about how there will be a point in our future where we will be able to live forever. And every second that we don't work towards that goal, you know, we is a Holocaust left behind <laughs> the people we did not give eternal oh life my to. God. And I'm like, buddy, that's a great short story, uh, but I don't really agree with a lot of the premises here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's just this really weird warped thing when they try mm. to like think about these things. It's like, you know, somebody who's only taken poetry classes trying to design calculus, I'm sure, you know, oh, yeah. funny to watch, but <laughs> also not, not incredibly <laughs> applicable. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I don't get about that is just like, if you, anyone who has like an even slight familiarity with like the capitalist system, imagining the capitalist system, but where the fucking dinosaur monsters who run it cannot die. <laughs> is that, that's a fucking nightmare scenario, really. That's the problem with all these uh, tech-driven sort of uh, big solutions. Uh, it, it would be like, and first of all, it's not going to happen. It's fucking impossible yeah. anyway. But about that and about, to go back to Elon, about like Mars colonies, mm -hmm. um, Doing capitalism, but on Mars is not like the escape vector from the problems of capital that a lot of people are coping themselves into thinking it is. There's just this hope that we can just like develop and progress our way out of problems. And that's just not how it works ever. Yeah. My dumb libertarian parents are fully convinced of the idea that the way that we'll solve climate change is that somebody will just invent something that stops it. And they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. A lot of people do think that because like electric cars and shit are being pushed as this like big solution. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the premise. It's like, oh, we'll just invent a solution. Well, yeah, the th problem with climate change is that the, the tools required to completely restructure uh, an electrical grid-based society around renewable, sustainable resources completely already exists. And it would just would just take like the political will and effort to shift to that system. Uh, you know, you could start doing thorium reactors or even just nuclear reactors, you know, like regular uranium reactors, even though that presents its own problems. But it, it's like you could solve this problem but they, nobody, it would not be profitable for many corporations to do so. And so the entire, this entire massive fucking 20 year delay in addressing anything to do with climate change is entirely to give like fucking oil companies and car manufacturing companies time to slowly pivot to the point where they can profit off of it. Yeah, exactly. Got to do it in what? such a way that no one loses money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyway, what would happen? Sorry. Oh, go no, I was going to switch topics. What would you say? What were you going to say? Oh, I just wanted to say that what would happen with Elon Musk going to Mars is the same thing that happens in uh, the book Seven Eves, uh, is that there is like this big leader type that's not quite a tech bro, but still, you know, just all personality leads like a big uh, cult to Mars uh, away because they think they can do it better or whatever. And the rest of the books takes place on the space station. And then like a third of the book later, uh, he comes back, stuff went immediately wrong and he ate everybody. <laughs> it's just, that's how he survived. 
Uh, and uh, then they just they have to deal with this blood wraith that has returned from Mars. Uh, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk just goes back and just has eaten everyone else as the supplies <laughs> ran out. Uh, <laughs> that rules, actually. That was yeah. a good shout, Reese. All right. Well, we got to move on to our next topic because we're getting running low on time. This is good news for once. Google Stadia is shutting down. This is something that I think I've seen. I, I saw coming for ages, honestly. Like I saw just the the absolute dead fish of enthusiasm for that people had for Google Stadia as soon as it came Me out, too. and I could. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, okay, so to get into that. Um, that's a joke that Reese did because in one of our episodes, I had to cut out this massive 10 minute long uh, rant from Reese that was basically like, Google Stadia is going to fucking destroy gaming. <laughs> I, I went essential oils about Google Stadia. I'm not proud of it. Uh... And here's the thing Reese was not wrong uh, about what they were trying to do, but. Uh, he was uh, slightly over-enthusiastic in their ability to actually do it. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot it was Google where mm -hmm. the only thing they care about is the little presentation they do on launching a product. And, <laughs> and they just <laughs> execute everybody on the team with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like three months later. <laughs> I mean, Reese was totally right um, in that they wanted this so bad. And I was a little mm -hmm. bit like... Even though nobody fucking wants this, no one's going to use this shit, I was wondering how hard they would go with it despite that, just because they clearly want this this cloud gaming thing so bad to totally control everyone's access to games. Uh -huh. um, but when they, not that long ago, announced, uh, or, or somebody involved in it, like, stated on Twitter, I guess, uh, no, Google Stadia is not shutting down, that was when I knew for sure it was to shut down <laughs> oh yeah 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 like um uh james stephanie sterling did an episode about that and there was that google guy who was just like it is google studio is not shutting down and then the yeah that was and... when i knew it was dead i don't even remember <laughs> and, then, and then and then hot wheels unleashed announcing <laughs> really coming out for oh stadia at the same time it was shutting down like uh not like to, a not day Oh my office god! Office gift tweet, but I got to say that was maybe the best one I've ever seen. Uh, it was. It was so fucking. It wasn't funny. the. It wasn't the day uh, before. It was the day, the exact yeah. day when it was announced <laughs> on the verge that Google was shutting down Stadia. Holy Google shit! Google just doesn't give a fuck at all. And they didn't know. Like Google just <laughs> fucked over Play on so hard. Google doesn't give a fuck. Them just like fucking capping the terraria dev for no reason they're just like ah you just can't have your account anymore and he's just like fine i won't make your video game anymore what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me read the article so we get the the official account terraria arrives on google stadia despite developer ultimatum after a period of uncertainty, Terraria is now available on Google Stadia. In early February, the co-creator of the 2D action-adventure game called off his development after he'd been locked out of his Google accounts for what he said was no discernible reason. Uh, so it looks like they must have been able to patch things up somehow for like some direct communication or something, but that is really funny. Like Just the, the sheer disregard that stadia seems to have for its developers is wild and as like anyone who knows anything about uh console platforms will tell you that and this is a, that's essentially what stadia is is that consoles live or die based off their exclusives and you have to yeah. have developers willing to work for you for that yeah i i think my understanding was is that the technology was actually like pretty functional and you know mm. the like unlike something like meta um in theory it could do those things and like i guess it's it's good thing that uh mark zuckerberg is too much of a freak to to have tried to fix stadia or facebook eye stadia because i feel yeah. like stadia got like the meta push where it would just had was sinking endless billions, billions of dollars in, yeah. indoctrinating people into uh you know <laughs> a wii game 
Um, oh my god, that those footage, that footage of like the metaverse stuff is holy shit. It's so ugly. That'll be a separate episode. I think we got to talk about the metaverse and um, we got to talk about legs. We got to oh talk about um, like Key and Peele. Yeah, the director. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his first name. Oh, I saw that. Uh, Jordan, uh, nope. Jordan Peele. Yeah, selling the Nope um, metaverse meta experience. <laughs> um, was a beautiful performance. Like um, Jordan Peele is, he, it's not like he's not half-assing it, but he's just giving it everything one can. <laughs> this idea, and it looks worse <laughs> really than funny. it looks worse than a Wii game. It's so bad. It's like I don't know why the metaverse looks so fucking terrible. There's no way that Zuckerberg values like artistry in any way. Yeah. So no. I doubt that was prioritized in this project. I think whoever <laughs> no. was like designing it just did it you know i would have thought that like it has been pretty definitively proven that outside of a outside of a limited selection of people who want to uh cyber sex with each other awkwardly while role-playing as sonic the hedgehog characters yeah that's what we're all gonna be doing yeah that um nobody's really that interested in this kind of service no yeah I, yeah if i must if I must enter a, a terrible digital realm, uh, I absolutely uh, want to blast Sonic. Uh, let's mm. do it. But I want to erotically role play as Master Chief, just absolutely busting down the back walls of Rouge the Bat. Like that, that's, an, that's a vision. That is an ideal that you can work towards. I don't know what the fuck they, they just want to make like digital real estate a thing that people have actually buy into and it's a terrifying and kind of pathetic uh glimpse into them attempting to solve the problem of capitalism reaching the extents of physical space yeah and yet have to. It, 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 it's fun to know that like they've had facebook has to beg their employees to use the metaverse it's see it's fun when they fail uh because the whole project is to expand into new markets uh by just creating made up bullshit markets because you have you have to expand somewhere yeah. uh and as long as they fail uh i'm i'm enjoying it i'm having a good time with it if they succeed though mm. not so good i won't like that one bit oh, exactly these projects are nightmare projects developed to just dominate the the world of content and your people's ability to access it yeah a, a really underrated funny thing that happened with meta is the legs tweet, of course, was was a classic, but oh, yeah. because you're just like, oh, his legs are coming. Excellent. Can't wait yeah. for my knee to have legs. And then you find out it's a fucking lie. Meta can't do legs. Legs aren't coming. They have no legs. That nut. I just think that's so funny. It's just like the, the legs lie. Meta. We don't have the technology for legs. It's not true. And it's just. And it looks worse than that stick man figure from the the uh, Dark Souls game that you were playing earlier. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's, it's so funny. So our next topic is we're following up on something we talked about in a previous episode, actually. And that is uh, the developer of Dominus has had some developments. As anyone who watches James Stephanie Sterling, I'm sure will know. To give some background, the Dominus dev managed to get fucking banned from their own Steam forums. <laughs> and he fucking also went on like a, a transphobic rant about Keffels in one of his infamous game patch updates where he just fucking talks about insane shit. You know, it's, it's really wild seeing what, uh, what looks to me like bird box but with the glinner disease where people just out of nowhere just like a presence overcomes them and they just destroy their whole lives because they're mad at keffels um yeah, yeah. No, in no way shape or form like a coherent thought is occurring it's just you know whatever repeated bullet points about transphobia they went on like an insane transphobic rant against keffels also they changed the name of the game from domina to dominus and it's like dead name domino just oh my god just the Fuck most you. vile pathetic behavior possible and then what happened was they saw 
the video done by James Stephanie Sterling on their deeply insane behavior and went on a tirade rant against <laughs> them um, and went so insane on Twitter and on Steam that not only has their game been removed from Steam, they are also banned from Twitter. Basically, anywhere that this idiot goes, they cannot resist their foam to foam at the mouth transphobically and immediately break the terms of service and get kicked. Beautiful. Yeah, I recommend people go watch James Stephanie Sterling's video on them because I think they are primarily responsible in getting them banned off of uh, Twitter. I mean, I say that, but they didn't actually do anything. This person literally just lost their mind ranting and raving and trying to get their attention. Um, yeah. This person did it to themselves yeah. over a fucking YouTube video. It's so lame. The self-destructiveness of transphobes is truly remarkable. It's kind of incredible. Um, I feel like it has a uniquely corrosive psychological effect, even as far mm. as like extreme bigotry goes. And I think a big part of it is that like racism is so institutionally backed up in a way where you just become a cop or something and your life will be fine. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just not enough support for being this insane about trans people. It, you, you really alienate everyone around you. Yeah. The, the, the problem is it's like every single time they get pushback, they double down. Um, and they get lots of pushback and they keep doubling down to the point where there's like a certain threshold of transphobia that seems like you can get away with. Totally. Like a, a base level, yeah. is you won't get in any trouble at all because society's shitty, you know. But they can't seem to regulate themselves to stay within that realm of transphobia where you don't end up alienating every single person you've ever worked with. It, like Glinner, <laughs> which is so funny. Transphobia really is the fentanyl of bigotry. You mm -hmm. know, uh, it's it's so easy to overdose. You know, you really got to watch yourself. I find that so yeah. fascinating. I think a big part of it is because if your worldview is really reliant on a certain construction of gender, I get the impression that a lot of people really do feel like accepting this premise would annihilate their entire universe. You know what I mean? I mean, it clearly does annihilate. It's, it has annihilated yeah. J.K. Rowling's universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing left in there. She's just a husk of weird anti-Semitic goblin tropes and hatred for trans people. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and, and it makes sense because, like, you, you, oh, you think about... Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think about what is actually in the content of Harry Potter, and there's really has only ever been, like, just a single bean bouncing around up there from the start. <laughs> so I, I, it's not a surprise that the second sort of that, you know, general orthodoxy is like was challenged in a way that she could notice, which is on Twitter. It just drives you insane because if, if you accept these certain, like even a little bit of these things, it really can start, I think, a cascade effect, you know, inside where they don't like to think about. And, mm. the, and it just makes them insane. Yeah, the phenomenon is too complicated to get into now and just like probably could take years of study by a highly talented psychologist to really get into. But we got to wrap things up. So let's do right. let's close things out on a cringe binge. Oh, this one's this one's beautiful. Oh, this is a series of tweets from Vocal Distance, who I believe they were also the loser posting these weepy nostalgia threads over the world's ugliest paintings is Chris Rufo's gremlin like anti trans co author Michael Young, a fellow at the right wing center for renewing America. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Isn't Chris Rufo the guy who, like, who basically developed the critical race theory talking point? He's the guy who develops all this stuff, then literally tweets out uh, his game plan, and everybody's like, oh, it's a mystery. What's, what's happening? Yeah, and then he's making a new push for, like, a parent's guide to radical gender theory. Oh, hey, I'm blocked by Chris Rufo. That's interesting. Interesting. That's awesome. But, like, this, this fucking loser dipshit is, like heavily associated with like one of the an incredibly right-wing monster basically yeah 
and he's just posting these shitty paintings of just like like 2000s era like Clinton era video gaming and saying things like this is a world worth fighting for and the ache of nostalgia we feel for this time is the call home just like <laughs> and then he just posts a pic the painting of like a child wandering around a Toys R Us saying the world you were raised to survive in no longer exists we can't ever go back, but we can go through the postmodern world and onto the other side, create a world where nostalgia dissipates as we find ourselves in a world built from the memories of dot 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 home. <laughs> Just what the fuck? <laughs> a picture of a kid opening a Nintendo 64 at Christmas and saying, this is not consumerism. Fuck me. <laughs> the thing is, with these pictures, you know, I, I couldn't tell you for sure, um, but a friend of mine pointed out that this artist is from Morocco. You know, you look at the, 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 the fucking absolutely, like, disquieting aspect of it, and it feels at least somewhat cynical, having a big, disgusting plate of spaghetti right there in the front as everybody's <laughs> playing. Um, I, I don't think this is necessarily saying kind things about Pokemon in Tamagotchi, uh, <laughs> you know? Um I, and I, it's really funny to me that uh, vocal discourse was just like, oh, this is great. This thing criticizing everything I am is wonderful. Let's tweet it. I'm not 100% sure if it's, if it's being critical of consumerism or being cynical or whatever. But to me, I, I, that would be my take, it's especially really learning he's from Morocco. I mean, that definitely adds a layer to it because you'll notice that the uh... – humans in these pictures are always facing away they're not really the centerpiece of any of the images right the focus of the image is the product and the consumption and to me that's really different from when you think of like the return to tradition type things of like um they'll use like ads from like the 50s or, or whatever and it'll be like you know a white nuclear family uh using a toaster but the the people in those are the center they're the focus in this it's not and, and that, to me, sort of raises the alarm that this is maybe not being mm -hmm. made with the same intent, you know? Also, um, one thing that everyone has pointed out is, like, how insanely rich and spoiled you would have to be to have anywhere near this number of toys as a child. Like, nobody's, nobody's mm. room ever looked like this, in my experience. Like, if you had no, a console, no. you had one console, right? You didn't have a Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation and a Game Boy and a... Uh. Yeah, hell no. This is like the room of like a uh, a mid-30s really sick streamer who just has like a Funko Pop wall and stuff. Like this mm. is... That's the kind of person who has this much of this kind of shit. Not kids. I've always kind of hated the whole gamer wall nerd culture shit where... I don't know what it is. Like people it's just It's a shrine love... to consumption. It's pathetic. It's movie bob behavior. It's get it out of here. It, it, well, I feel like movie bob behavior is more like um is is more like a beer can wall. Yeah, actually to be fair to him, he would never have like a, a pristine he cleans it every day like fucking case of Funko Pops. No. He's got a lot more of a goblin thing going he, on. He's he's got like a weird goblin thing going on. He's got like a a window still that he's completely blocked out the sunlight from with beer cans. It's how he keeps that green complexion. He's just got like a fucking, uh, I was going to get into that. He's just got like a fucking old raggedy, slightly green blanket that he's using as a green screen. <laughs> All right, we, si we simply cannot get into movie Bob. We don't have. Uh, time. Yeah. I, I cannot apply, uh, the, the movie Bob Vector to this discourse, but, oh, but it's, it's really fucking funny because vocal discourse actually quote tweeted movie Bob or vocal distance. Sorry. Vocal distance quote oh tweeted movie Bob. And okay. Actually, we have to go into this. We have to. Okay, it's time. We have to... All right, I'm we posting it. I, I need to open this up in a. I need to open this up in a in incognito tab because I I'm blocked by Movie Bob. The, these two fighting is just like the most let them fight gif instance I, 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 I think I've ever seen. Like, how can Bob possibly get into a fight with somebody this con consumer? They're like the Batman and Joker of consumers.
Yeah, I would actually love to hear these guys like duke it out about this topic because Bob is every bit as much of a consumer, but I think he didn't enjoy the 90s. I think he was miserable throughout. Yeah. And he doesn't like it being idealized in this way because, you know, he lost the war to Sonic or whatever happened in that fucking book. I don't know. Bob likes to make little efforts at appearing leftish and that mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. this post here is like they didn't this let me read this stupid incredibly fucking stupid post by Vocal Distance. Another reason we have an aching nostalgia when we see this Oh, he's so fucking bad at writing. I have to <laughs> adjust my brain to try and fucking get it. Another reason we have aching nostalgia when we see this because it calls us back to a time when artists and creatives that were making new things within a coherent culture dot 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 made wonderful things for us that we love. They didn't ruin things by cynically politicizing them. This is such an insane fucking thing to say about the 90s. Yes. Yeah, it's... And then to just have a Contra 3 for Super Nintendo poster up. It's like, this is this is what you're ready to do genocide for. Uh, I, I mean, I like that game, but it's really funny. It's it's not even like a great work of Western canon or anything. It's No, Star no, no. Fox. My fucking favorite comment on this, this image that he's posting is that literally every single game and poster is a sequel when he says that artists and creatives were making new things. Also, oh most of God. those are from Japan, mm -hmm. which you might recognize as a different culture from the one that he's idealizing. <laughs> <laughs> what coherent culture? It had to be fucking translated, often poorly. <laughs> this motherfucker's about? tweets need to be translated. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they, the grammar is fucking awful and it's just like one run-on sentence with ellipses in the middle and grammatical errors it's ugh uh, yeah we're gonna put this guy in the twitch pit yeah absolutely <laughs> at least the fucking post-war baby boom return idiots like at least it was a time of like economic prosper for a lot of white people you know this yeah. is just what is this <laughs> Just people who are, have realized that life is hard and sucks and are like fully retreating back to the nostalgia of their childhood because they didn't understand anything at the time. They're like, like they're longing to return when they had the mental acuity of a cat and didn't understand <laughs> that their parents had to go out and work for a living to make sure that they didn't starve to death. Yeah. They noticed they were happier when they were 10 and they're too stupid yeah. to fucking figure out why. <laughs> we have to somehow go back to when I didn't have to pay rent, but that's not part of it. It's because there was Donkey Kong country. Mm -hmm. and, and people didn't make Donkey Kong political back. That's right. These days, Donkey Kong's parachuting into fucking <laughs> Vietnam. Jesus. These days, Donkey Kong, like the, the actual voice actor for Donkey Kong is saying trans rights. Um... Oh yeah, it's driving. Uh, it's driving Graham Linehan uh, deeply insane by making him uh, like rant about Beaver Bother. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those articles he's posted. Where I he have. talks oh about Beaver Bother. Just, yeah. Dude, that '90s Donkey Kong would not have done that to G no. Glenn. <laughs> Graham, what's his fucking name? Graham Linehan. His name is Glenner. Right. Um, yeah. Glenner. <laughs> It's so fucking funny that he just had, like, that fucking Graham Lenahan just got sent to, like, the fucking Shadow Realm by H-Bomber guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe the greatest internet dub in history, just annihilating this man's psyche forever. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I think that's everything. So, Reese, tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me at your very good bud on Twitter, and I have started a uh, little side project called CRT Sound System, and uh, doing a doing a kind of a radio hangout show. Um, check that out, and uh, the Twitter for that is CRT Pod System because somebody already had that Twitter name. Mm -mm. Okay, whoever the fuck that is, delete right now. I'm gonna come to your house. Uh, I, I got I got soap on it. He's going to do something deeply offensive. Mm, excellent. Excellent. All right, Kay, where can people find you and your great work on the internet? 
You can find me on twitter.gov at KN Skittles uh, and on youtube.org.net uh, also at KN Skittles. <laughs> uh, make sure it's that one. There's an imposter on the .com website who's a fucking lunatic. Um, I've got a, a video out um, about uh, Thatcherism and neoliberalism. Uh, depending how long this episode takes to come out, I might have a video about Attack the Block. Hit, hit British film, Attack the Block. You all know it. Great yeah, film. I can't wait for that one. John Boyega. Very good movie. That's right. Uh, you can also find Kay occasionally wandering the streets of Liverpool making trouble like a rap stallion. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> hey, just going up to people. He hears somebody go, cool. And he says, what do you think about the king? Everybody in Liverpool talks like that. I uh, Liverpool but, uh, is the the Beatles place, so I hope oh, yeah. that everyone still oh, talks like that. I, I can't do. It. They I don't, it, which is sad because the Beatles sound really funny. I <laughs> hardly yeah. ever find anyone who talks like that. I don't know where the fuck that accent went. It just died. People were, people got self conscious about it when like um, the Beatles drew nat like international attention to that accent. They're like, uh, oh no, we can't talk like this anymore. <laughs> You, you remember that period of time where Americans sort of affected, like, a, a, like a lazy Britishness? <laughs> just, oh, the transatlantic put, put accent? Putting the and stuff and, and, and just having, like, a slight accent. I, I don't know. I, I met a couple people. Oh, the Harry Potter. The Harry Potter period. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The height Harry of Harry Potter, Potter mania. Um, oh, God. Deeply embarrassing number of children. I'm going to become one of those people, but I'm going to have like a, a cartoonish Ringo Starr accent. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you can find me at uh, twitter.com slash 8alton8. I am on YouTube at Alton Plays and uh, at Twitch at, I don't remember. It's Twitch. Uh, slash alton8 just alton8 not 8 alton8 because i don't fucking remember uh but where i am playing arcanum with uh reese watching over my shoulder basically as i i teach reese all i know about um basically exploiting the game's mechanics i i few people know uh a, a text more completely than you know arcanum is what i'm learning uh i think so it is it's it's been it's been really fun too. A lot of uh, you know D and D goofs mm -hmm. are being had, uh, and you can find our website at videogamesaretheworst.pinecast.co. Uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com/vgotwato, where one dollar a month gets you up access to all our good premium episodes. We will record a new one soon. I'm sorry, I had I moved, and for some reason, uh, moving basically destroyed three months of having executive function and gave me severe depression. I don't know why. Uh, the, there's no logical reason why moving should have done that to me, but it did. No, there is. Moving is a fucking nightmare, man. I, well, I get taken out of commission whenever I move for a while. Absolutely. Um, although I think in your case, I think you should explore, too, that maybe you got Havana syndrome. Um, that's, that was a little bit more consistent. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, right. I, I couldn't wanna... edit the pod because I was <laughs> suffering from Havana syndrome. And I had to call the I had to call uh, the president of Cuba personally to, to kindly request as a fellow traveler that they re release the beams heading directly at my house. <laughs> Uh, but I, I no longer, no longer do I have Havana syndrome. Um, I, I do want to stress that all of us do have a direct line to the Cuban government. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this is a people don't realize it, but this is a Cuban government project. To yeah, <laughs> and, and that's not like it's not like a phone line. The intercom to Cuba is on twenty four seven. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 100%. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. I had a great time, and we will time. see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.